we've just had the hand down of the state budget, Mr Collier. What's in it for Aboriginal people? Uh, well, there's a significant amount for Aboriginal people, Sandy, which I'm sure you and your listeners will be pleased to hear. In, uh, collectively, with all government departments, uh, it's close to $5 billion with federal and state funding, uh, and that's quite considerable, as you're aware. But um, in specifically to Aboriginal affairs, there's a number of things that um, have I can highlight, in particular the PELS program. I'm not sure if you're aware of that um, through our schools. Are you aware of that one, Sandy? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's uh, it's the Partnership Acceptance Learning and Sharing Program. There's 350000 for that. What that does is it goes into our schools to ensure that Aboriginal culture is developed, uh, uh, taught, um, created, both for Aboriginal students and non-Aboriginal students. Now, as a result of that funding, Sandy, we'll have 450 schools. We'll develop it, uh, we'll implement it uh, this year and next year. And as I said, it means that, um, that you know Aboriginal elders and uh, Aboriginal people from around the state will go into the schools. They'll work with the children to enhance Aboriginal culture and provide an awareness of Aboriginal culture. So it's a very, very good program. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the Aboriginal community patrols are very good. We've got them in four, 14 locations across WA. They support Aboriginal, uh, vulnerable Aboriginal people that need you know, practical street-level assistance and uh, assist in reducing unnecessary contact between Aboriginal people and the justice system. And there's $6 million for that program, Sandy. Those patrols are fen- phenomenal. They really do work very, very well throughout uh, a number of our communities, 14 of our communities. Would that include the various patrols that go around picking up people after hours if they've had a little bit more to drink? That's exactly right. That's the role. That's their role. And they work, you know, with the with sometimes for the homeless, the homeless Aboriginal people, but also for those that perhaps, um, you know, do find themselves on the streets after dark and, um, as you say, have perhaps had a little bit too much to drink. They do assist in that process, plus with the children as well. So it's a very, very good program, very well received throughout the community. Minister, we've noticed a lot of cuts to uh, Aboriginal organisations on on a state level. Of course, uh, is there anything for them to benefit from? Yeah, there is. Look, um, from my perspective, both, as I said, as Aboriginal Affairs Minister, I'm also Education Minister, and I think education for Aboriginal people is an imperative component of the way forward, um, Sandy. And, um, you know, if we can have some early intervention strategies for Aboriginal people, uh, both for learning, but also for the development of parenting skills and community assistance, that will help enormously for the medium to long term. So in that uh, vein, uh, this year we've opened 37 Aboriginal kindergartens for three-year-old Aboriginal children and they are spread throughout the length and breadth of Western Australia including a number in the Kimberley and they provide um, early intervention literacy numeracy plus speech therapy and also parenting workshops so we're getting in very early with Aboriginal communities to assist um, not just the children themselves but actually empowering the families the parents to be a part of the educative process Um, and that is a very positive step the first in Australia Sandy and I think if we can get that early intervention going, it'll be very, very good, as I said, for medium to long-term outcomes for Aboriginal students. Uh, In addition to that, we've got um, now 21... uh, child and parent centres. In uh, th- now, they are for those people in uh, some of the lowest socioeconomic areas of the state, and uh, and for Aboriginal people as well. Um, and I opened the very first one actually in Port Hedland um, 
about three years ago now, Sandy, in the Port he- South Headland Primary Schools, you know, very significant Aboriginal population. It's going very, very well indeed. Now, these child and parent centres, what they do, Again, they provide early intervention for the children, but they do provide parenting workshops, uh, speech therapy, um, uh, mental health assistance, psychology support, health support, uh, dietary advice, all of the above. They provide all of those wraparound services, not just for the child, but for the family as well. It's just part of the hippie program. Uh, no, this is no, this is separate. This is part. This they're, they're called child and parent centres, and they are uh, they are standalone centres. They deal with probably about half a dozen uh, uh, primary schools, or uh, you know, uh, collection of primary schools in a particular area. So there might be six to eight primary schools uh, that will contribute to that particular uh, child and parent centre. And you, you know, sometimes you'll get a dozen, twenty parents that'll come in and and benefit from the advice and the support and the assistance that's available. In addition to that, the children will be provided, as I said, with very early learning strategies, particularly in the area of literacy and numeracy, but also in speech therapy. What are the benefits, Minister? Is there across the board? Oh yeah, sure. In terms of other initiatives, um, there have been uh, around 118 million dollars in other uh, Aboriginal initiatives. For example, the nature-based tourism. Now that's an expanded Kimberley Science and Conservation Strategy via the Department of Parks and Wildlife, and that's provided to provide the largest ever targeted investment in conservation of the Kimberley's natural assets and the protection of Aboriginal cultural heritage and rock art and the development of sustainable uh, nature-based tourism. And I'm sure you'd be aware, Sandy as would your listeners, of the, the, the tremendous potential for Aboriginal tourism. Now, I went up into a number of the remote communities last year and there's a, a, there was one in one particular group in uh, One Arm Point um, which was really moving ahead in terms of Aboriginal tourism. It's a great way for the, forward for Aboriginal people uh, throughout the state, Sandy. Uh, also, as part of the strategy, the government will invest uh, an additional $22 million over four years in establishing and managing new Kimberley National and Marine Parks, and that includes the Great Kimberley Marine Park, which will be the second largest coastal marine park in Australia, and that's being delivered in partnership with the traditional owners. So those marine parks, as you know, as you've said in your own words, I think in, in God's given country, you've got a situation here where we've, um, we're have we maintaining and promoting our marine parks in the Kimberley, and um, in partnership with traditional owners because they're the ones that essentially are the ones that are the font of all knowledge with those marine parks. Also, with regard to child immunisation, the rates have increased to 92% over the last three uh, three years for five-year-old Aboriginal students. The proportion of um, uh, WA Aboriginal children fully vaccinated at the age of five is even higher at 95%. So, you know, close to 100% of children are getting vaccinated now, so that's a positive news story for uh, Aboriginal children and Aboriginal people, Sandy. Minister, in light of all of that that's that's just recently come up with the budget, cultural, educational, of course, all benefit-fitting and economical stance for the future, how has uh, the gap been filled with the lack of money coming down from the federal government over the last year or so? 
Yeah, that's always a problem, Sandy, um, and it's something we've just got to address uh, in a much more concerted fashion. You know, the, the, the money itself, as uh, I'm sure you'd be aware, is not necessarily the issue. It's where that money is directed, and that's why we in Western Australia now have a Cabinet subcommittee, which I chair, Sandy, to ensure that there is accountability with regard to the spending of money into Aboriginal programs. The gap between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people is far too large. It really is, particularly in areas such as um, literacy numeracy rates for Aboriginal children, attendance rates for Aboriginal children, health standards for Aboriginal people across the board, housing uh, accommodation uh, across the board. And it's not as a result of a want of trying from the part, on the part of, um, of uh, various governments and government departments, etc., and the general community. It's just making sure that that money is directed appropriately. And that is why I chair the Aboriginal uh, Cabinet Subcommittee to ensure there is a coordination between government departments and also between levels of government, that is, between the federal government and the state government, to make sure that any money that is directed into Aboriginal um, welfare or, or programs is directed appropriately and only done in concert with and uh, consultation with um, Aboriginal people. The last time we had a conversation, Minister, we was just establishing all of those that have been successful to pop onto your uh, work uh, committee. Uh, we've yeah. seen the Reform Committee grow legs that uh, Minister Redmond's been in charge of. Talking to Marty Sibisado the other day, it looks like uh, community closures is off the table for the moment. Absolutely. It never really was on the table, Sandy, and uh, which is a shame. It was a bit of a miscommunication there. It, the intent was never to go through and carte blanche close communities. The intent was always uh, to work with communities to provide a more sustainable outcome for them. And the only way that can happen, as you know, I'm sure, is that through communication with those communities. Now, the reform unit is working very well. There will be a framework and a roadmap for that reform unit uh, that will be um, presented publicly in the next, uh, I'd say, four to six weeks. And that is a direct result of a very, very strong coordinated communication with Aboriginal people uh, for those remote communities. You know, as I keep on saying, Sandy, there is absolutely no way a government can really... Uh, have any real positive impact and close the gap without a comprehensive consultation with Aboriginal people. Minister, when I first started doing interviews like this over 20 years ago, there used to mm. often be a big list of uh, business for the Indigenous Affairs Minister on a federal and a state level. Now mm. it seems uh, very thin on. Is it because we're working towards mainstreaming a lot of the services now? It is. Uh, essentially what we've got to do, as I said, is making sure that um, um, as far as if you're talking in terms of uh, mainstream with regard to health, education, housing, etc., yes, there needs to be, and, and this is why we've got the reform unit now working, Sandy, um, there needs to be more coordination and connection between those various areas, like, for example, in the area of education. Well, it's fine to have an educational facility, but only where there is, uh, you know, there's sufficient numbers or, you know, there's appropriate housing. And then in concert with that, also with uh, health facilities to, to make sure that we're not wasting money as opposed to making sure that there's a more coordinated approach to the spending of that money. So as I said, health, education, housing, um, 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 corrective services, all of those things must work 
together to ensure that we have a positive outcome. That's why it's very, very similar to the child and parent centres, which I spoke of earlier. That Those coordinated resources, those coordinated, um, dare I say, uh, facilities in terms of um, whether it be uh, with health facilities or mental health facilities or educational facilities are all located in the one location, Sandy. So they all work together. And so if the family comes to that particular location, to the child and parent centre, they're provided with that, that more coordinated approach. They don't have to go to five or ten different places to get those resources. Minister, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure, Sandy. Always a pleasure to speak with you and uh, good luck to you and your listeners.